Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, January 28th, 2011. January is almost over. It is. That's mm. And this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios is the very lovely Ryan Hamm. Hey, everyone. <laughs> ah, I, even, I even tricked him. I know. He was looking at Maya when I said it. I was not, I was not, and, not uh, ready for that. <laughs> to his immediate right, Maya Strang. Hi. You're very affectionate to her, so. Well, the, Especially I, Ryan. I've hired, I've hired a very attractive staff. <laughs> uh, some people call it affectionate. Some people call it sexual harassment. It, right. just, it really just depends on tomato, your HR tomato. Yeah. Right. You don't want to be in my interviews. <laughs> <laughs> I have them do a twist. <laughs> yeah, there's Twister in his office. <laughs> Twister. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, and Cameron just stands there spinning it. Yeah. How badly do you want to work here? That is really Left weird. hand red. Let's stop talking. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, uh, behind the wall of glass, our, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, friends. And on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, a former relevant employee, Jesse Carey. <laughs> hello, hello. We won't tell I, you I was not flexible enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't tell you the real reasons why he left. <laughs> let's just say it may have to do with two torn ACLs at the same time I was going to say let's just say he felt uncomfortable with left foot green <laughs> <laughs> alright well uh, we have a great podcast uh, in store for you today we have a live in studio performance by Brandon Heath singing a couple songs and uh, we also have a very special award show award yes. segment coming up later so stay tuned for that up first, your entertainment releases. Um, new music coming out on Tuesday, February 1st. We have Red with Until We Have Faces. The Joy Formidable with Big Roar. It's a very formidable joy they have uh, if they're roaring. Courier with A Violent Flame. I'm looking at you. Have you heard any of these yet? Uh, I heard Courier. And? It's pretty good. Courier's on the drop right now. Oh, the only thing that throws me is they spell their name with two R's. Two R's. Yeah. So it's not the font. Yeah, it's not the font. It's and Courier. Yeah. It's I can't do the Courier. Spanish. Yeah. Do it. Courier. No, it was terrible. That wasn't bad at all. <laughs> that's not how the Spanish rolling your R's sounds. That's like a that's like a five year old boy machine gun noise. <laughs> you know who does it good is uh Sofia Volguera. Is that her name? A uh, modern family. Yeah. Yeah. Well isn't isn't she isn't she Latina? Yeah. Yes. I feel it, like that she, does she, help. I feel like that's an unfair it's like, advantage. Yeah, it's like you know yeah, who did, if you're who did, Colombian. You know who really sounds like a really fair. good white American guy, yeah. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm trying to break down racial walls with this. <laughs> also coming out the highly anticipated, unbelievable Civil Wars debut LP, oh, yeah. Barton Hollow coming out. Finally, you guys will get to experience that. We've had it for a few months. Yeah, it is amazing. It's it really amazing. good. Unequivocally. Seriously, if you buy two albums a year, go February 1st to iTunes or Amazon MP3 and buy this album. They should actually go to the store. I was going to say, online. go to your record store because they uh, released it on vinyl as well. 
Oh, very yeah. limited. I, oh, it yeah. was limited. so good on Limited. Vinyl. Yep. Um, okay, so yeah, it's a big week for music. Movie releases coming out Friday, February 4th, Sanctum. It's that uh, James Cameron uh, directed one uh, about the cave water it's stuff. Called Sanctum? It's called Sanctum. Not called like, like, like the cave? inner sanctum of the earth. Cave world. Is that one of his like documentary ones again? No, no, no. Oh. No, this is a, a, a scary. scary, like there's, it's it, a real movie. Oh, okay. People going cave diving and then bad things happen. Ha- in the have you seen The Descent? No. Is anyone? That looked terrifying. It okay. It's basically the same premise. Same thing, the, right? These girls go spelunking, oh, you know, in yeah. the mountains, oh. and the first half. Well, I'm assuming if 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 listeners haven't seen the film at this point, it's not a big spoiler alert. Uh, so the first half of the movie is like just this insane claustrophobia. Okay, and then you realize after that, you think that's the the terrible element of the movie. Then you realize they're not alone in the cave. <laughs> there may be cave monsters. <laughs> what? Cave monsters. I know, I know. It is terrifying. Well, they the the trailers and commercials for this one start out like, you know, it's the group of 20-something, you know, they're going to go have an adventure going cave diving. And one of the girls says, oh, come on, what could possibly go wrong with this cave diving? Yeah. Mm Yeah, that's, that's where she, it's she, go she wrong. Signed, signed her own death warrant. I love, I love that we're clearly in the dead zone of movies. If that's like the lead-off <laughs> entertainment release, it's just the order that Chad gives them to me. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the that's biggest. Chad. Well, it's, it's James like Cameron. Chad, it's, Chad wants to see it's a it. James Cameron movie. So. That's, that's that's like the only big movie that wasn't a limited release movie though yeah. this so, week. Yeah. So the uh, nobody. So everybody is basically conceding that this will make two billion dollars. Like. <laughs> like oh, Avatar. you know why? Easily. You know why is because it's isn't the Super Bowl weekend? Uh, yeah, the week that that yeah, comes yeah. out. Yep, that's it probably is. why no one goes see movies. On that's Super Sunday. Weekend. People go on Friday and Saturday. You ain't, you're not watching. Go you're not sitting at home quietly anticipating the Super Bowl on Sunday. You, you, you don't. Might be. I prepare my heart. I'm a Packers fan, so I'm really excited. Uh, oh, yeah. Jesse, oh, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. No. Yeah. The 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 Jets game was. Completely heartbreaking. Um, is that is that because they were awful or just they were awful in the first half? Yeah, but then uh, they you know did, they, 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 they it could have been such a heroic comeback yeah. had it had it you and, know and then like twenty seconds left. <laughs> it's like all we need is this third down stop, yeah. and then Sanchez can march us right back down the field, and they don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, we won't because we're not excited about football anymore. We won't tangent into a football uh, segment like we did last week. Yeah, there, there's. I mean, I guess Ryan, if you want to talk about the Packers, you can. No, but. it's okay. I'm just excited that they're they're doing well again without Brett Favre. Um, also coming out, the other woman in limited release, starring Natalie Portman and Lisa Kudrow, Waiting for Forever, also limited release, Rachel Bilson and others, and Frank and Alice, also limited release, starring Halle Berry. And other people. So basically, you have to go see Sanctum. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, 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 is it safe to say that if Sanctum was not produced by James Cameron in 3D, it would be straight to DVD? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no stars in it. Yeah, yeah. It's just James Cameron it, shooting a 3D plot. movie. No. Yeah. Well, he saw The Descent and got really inspired. Yeah. Sort of like when he saw Pocahontas and got really inspired for Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then saw Fern Gully and decided to c- combine them. <laughs> He just stayed up all night writing Avatar that and night, like, <laughs> and that was it. And then the morning of the script, someone's like, have you seen Dances with Wolves? You should check that out, too. Like, Brilliant. <laughs> he goes, sweet, now give me $3 billion. <laughs> all right, well, that'll do it for entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. Slices.
Well, this week on The Drop, Relevant has been streaming the debut album from Courier, A Violent Flame. And now we're giving 10 lucky Relevant Facebook fans a free copy of the album. Just visit facebook.com slash relevant, like our official page, and RSVP to our Courier giveaway event to enter to win. We'll announce the winners here on the podcast next week, and keep listening to The Relevant Podcast for future Facebook giveaways. If you are my homeboy, you never have to pay me. Go and put your hands up. When times is hard, you stand up. L-U-P the man, cause a brand at the fans. You're listening to Lupe Fiasco. The song is The Show Goes On. The video is playing right now on Relevant TV. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Black Mountain with the song The Hair Song. It's playing right now on Relevant FM. Sounds like a VeggieTales song. <laughs> <laughs> or Yo Gabba Gabba song. Yeah, yeah or Dora the Explorer. Print teach you how to brush your hair that episode and they do the hair song. Um, okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, you know, at the beginning of Mythbusters, where they have the warning, uh, don't try this at home. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's a good idea. To, to <laughs> <apply>. <laughs> uh, that's there for a reason. Uh, sheriff's deputies in, uh, this is in Colorado. Uh, no, I'm sorry, in Ohio arrested a man who uh, his neighbors called the police because bullets came into their home. Um, And the man was watching Mythbusters and he wanted to test for himself if phone books could li- could actually stop bullets. Wow. Um, oh, no. Which uh, is the logical thing to do when you see that done on television. <laughs> um, so he was, uh, obviously, this, this gentleman was the owner of a 9mm. Um, and he set up phone books uh, on his uh, fireplace, I guess, and started shooting at them. <laughs> The only th- the, not only is that not a good idea, even if you can hit the phone books, apparently it wasn't that good of a shot because only one of the bullets he hit actually went in the phone book. Um, uh, and the other ones went into the, the, his neighbor's home. When Mythbusters shoots at things, they, they mount the gun yeah. onto a rig. They don't hold it yeah. and, and let their aim be part of the experiment. Yeah. This yeah. guy. Well, well, I, I think I don't think this guy appreciated the scientific integrity of MythBusters experiments. Well, or maybe he got annoyed because the same thing happens to me that you are really excited for the conclusion to be revealed, and then they're like, "Now commercials," and then you have to yeah. wait. So yeah. he during the commercial break, yeah. he just picked That'll up his gun and shot him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's like, well, I'll get to the bottom of this one. This myth is busted. <laughs> that totally didn't work. He's like, I don't need you or your fancy mustache. <laughs> So, 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 word to the wise: don't repeat what you see on MythBusters. I've learned that lesson the hard way several times myself. So. Yeah, I would think you would be. Yeah, one that I would, would think, try and yeah. do them, Jesse. Yeah, maybe not with a gun, but yeah, jumping off stuff and and you know things that involve moving cars. Right. Uh, I've yeah. tried a lot of. <laughs> I will say this is a this is a little PSA since it's still cold and flu season. Um, the most the craziest MythBusters maybe was one that was not dangerous but was disgusting. They like decided to see how like how easily you really do spread germs when you have a cold. Mm, yeah. And so they hooked up this contraption. One of the guys knows that like drips basically snot. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it was like it was viewable under a black light. And so then they had him host a dinner party like he normally would, and nobody else knew. And so, but and then they like showed the black light at the end and everything on the table and all of his guests were covered in it. It was disgusting. And I was like, I am never touching a person who's sick. 
It's literally, the, you come to that dinner, dinner party, you are covered head to toe and snot. It was crazy. And people snot. people had snot, like snot residue from like the tip of their fingers all the way up to their shoulders. <laughs> oh. like, and like the only girl who didn't was the one who was really like kind of OCD about not touching people. So she had like kind of subconsciously like wiped her hands more and like wouldn't touch a glass after he'd touched it and stuff like that. But yeah. yeah. Wow, that's really gross. Jesse, did you were you one of those kids that did your own Mythbusters experiments at the house? Uh, occasionally, but the thing is, I I would have very low patience for like <laughs> like if someone gave me like a chemistry set, I would be like super pumped, and then I would open up the instructions when it would tell you how to set up an experiment. I'm like, well, this is lame. This is going to take like half an hour. <laughs> you know, and I would just start dumping stuff together. Yeah, you know, and it was the same thing with like bike ramps. Like I could go and, and like, you know, my dad would show me how to properly construct a bicycle ramp for the frame. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I think I'm going to stack these center blocks and use that old piece of plywood though. You know, <laughs> like whose idea was it to sell chemistry kits to kids? Because I had one too. <laughs> and like inevitably after playing with for like in the real way and it wasn't very exciting, I would just dump a bunch of chemicals into the same test tube, put a little water in and light it on fire. I yeah. see what happened. Yeah. It's like, hey, hey I got a myth for you. Yeah. <laughs> this, this chemistry kit's really dangerous for a child to have. I, I confirmed. <laughs> I, I had one as well and ended up. Um, I thought the test tubes were too small. Like mm-hmm. I found this concoction that would explode. Mm-hmm. So I used an empty two liter bottle <laughs> and went to the garage. And so I, I used much higher quantities and I don't remember what turned it red. Something turned it red, <laughs> but for, you know, when I then put the final chemical in the thing shot up to the, like I was in my garage. So it shot up and stained this massive part of our ceiling red. Cause it just shot up like a geyser and it just, and, and, and so my parents came home and half of our roof was stained red and until the day we moved out, we never painted it or anything. So there's all this. Yeah. So I well, did this. They knew that you did it though. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that I was, the, that was that the era one. where I let the driveway on fire and, yeah. I, and I lit woods on fire sure. and, my my best one was you just you just kept thinking gasoline's not going to catch on fire. So no, 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 no. This was in the era at the very beginning of of Lethal Weapon, where they uh, I think Lethal Weapon two, where they had that little f- blue flame yeah. row mm-hmm. kind of whatever. I wanted yeah. to do that around yeah. our fire around our driveway, uh-huh. but the entire driveway <laughs> caught on fire at once, <laughs> and I was I was alone. <laughs> luckily, I just got that, the heck out of there. Luckily, that one burned down. Or burned did you blame out. it on Mel Gibson? Yeah. <laughs> I blame it. I come home and go, son, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the same era where I took a Coke can and filled it with gasoline and wanted to do special effects in our woods. Mm. We had woods that was like murky, like swampy. Mm. And so I thought, well, it, I mean, everything's wet, so nothing will burn. Right. Right. So I was like, I'll go back there and like s- kind of do special effects. So I took this Coke can filled with gas and buried it in this wet muck. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, I need a wick. And so I took a piece of uh, cloth mm-hmm. and uh, like a fabric and, and lit, dipped it in gas mm-hmm. and then stuck it in the can and had it kind of sticking out of the ground. And so I lit it and, you know, ran away. And um, <laughs> apparently 
Water can burn if it's covered in gasoline. So this can explodes and flaming everything just fills the woods. It starts like there's this, it's so swampy that there's kind of a, a, a current to it, very slight current. The water catches on fire and starts going into the woods, catching more trees on fire. You, you got yourself a good old fashioned swamp fire. <laughs> yeah, that was terrifying. I was way deep in the woods. You couldn't see it from our I house. I feel like that's but... simultaneously every 11 year old boy's dream and nightmare. Well, yeah. it started out as a dream because yeah. I got the special effect right. I was going for. I didn't realize that as the flaming gas would hit the trees, even though they were damp, that they would start burning up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, well, I remember when I was 14, like, if we wanted to do something for the weekend, we would literally just buy like 50 boxes of matches. And like, that's how we would be entertained. I remember my brother lighting stuff on yeah, fire. We yeah, we would just light stuff on fire. In sixth grade, well, I had a science teacher who, who, who rented a laser, a laser that you could see literally miles away. The, the Altamont water towers. I remember. Okay. And so like he, he would let us borrow it to go home. <laughs> I like where, I like how this starts. 14 years old, Altamont water tower, high powered laser. So, so he's like, you know, take it home, experiment. And so, so I come home and this is also, I saw some movie where they had like as some Goonies type movie or, or gremlins where, you know, they're no, it was short circuit too. I think where they were trying to like go. Of in, course, <laughs> of course, they were trying to go into some place and like you know they had like the laser security system mm-hmm. and they'd walk all around it and so so I wanted to set up one of those all over my house mm-hmm. using mirrors to bounce it. Okay. So I did that. So my friend and I spent like the entire night like rigging mirrors all over our house and stuff. And then there was this huge warning that our our teacher gave us like do not look at it directly. It'll burn your pupil, you know? And so we wanted to see into the heart of the laser, but we knew we couldn't look at it. The heart of the laser. (laughs) What I saw there was dark and cold. (laughs) So so we thought, ooh, we could get out our video camera and film into the heart of the laser and then just watch it on the screen. And and it wasn't very interesting. It just wiped itself out. But my best experiment was my parachute experiment where I could crawl up on the second floor of our roof and jump off and stuff. But I, I, I thought if I use a garbage bag as a parachute, <laughs> right? Well, there is a chance it won't inflate. But so to mitigate my risk, I got in a snow suit, which was all padded, you know? And I got the snow boots on. And I was like, well, that my ankles won't break because they have, they have support. <laughs> so I got on my snow boots and my snow suit and crawled out onto the roof. <laughs> And jumped off with a garbage bag over my head, plummeted to the ground. I mean, I hit that thing like a rock. It was and, almost like the trash bag did nothing. And then, and then the snow boots, the edge of it, jab into my shins, you know? And like, I'm laying on the ground writhing with broken shins now rather than broken ankles. It was the worst. And my parents were gone, of course, on all of these. So I'm laying there for an hour. I can't stand. I'm writhing around in the yard because I jumped off in plastic snow boots. Like ski boots, not snow boots. Ski boots, like the rigid. The snap into the skis, you know? (laughs) The actual bindings. Yes, the bindings. That's what I'm saying. So we should never leave Cohen home alone. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Ever. I'm not kidding. Well, but before I had access to like uh, a car where I could actually drive places and get fireworks, we had this gas station where we could drive and get, you know, just like uh, generally like candy and stuff. But they had those, you know, those little whippersnappers that mm-hmm. you can throw at the ground and they mm, pop. Yeah. Well, me and my buddy uh, got a coffee filter. 
Mm-hmm. I may have told this story before. We got a coffee filter, and we thought, well, you know, these are kind of cool when you just throw the little ones. But imagine if we had a massive one. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, think about that. Think about it. it would be yeah. literally like having a grenade. You know, sure. that's what we were thinking. So, <laughs> for and, and usually my patience with experiments is very low, but uh, this one, I don't know, for some reason, had my curiosity. So we're undoing the whippersnappers, and because you can actually see the mountain, which at the time we didn't realize it's just gunpowder uh, of <laughs> gunpowder building and building higher. We're like, you know, we could go all day. Mm-hmm. So we had this massive mountain of gunpowder in this coffee filter, and we're almost at the point where we're ready to roll it up. Okay. <laughs> and, and then throw it at something. Um, and it explodes in our face. No. I mean, like literally it was like, it was like, all right, Matt, my buddy was name with Matt. All right, Matt, just one more whippersnapper. And like, they're like, the, the grains are like falling down in slow motion <laughs> and like it hits and I guess it sparks it. Yeah. And literally it was the loudest boom and, and it just <laughs> ringing in our ear. You know, like in the movies, like, you know, when you're watching a war movie and the, like the, the mortar goes off right next to the guys mm. and they're talking to each other. But all you hear is boop. Yeah. That was yeah. it. And we were in our garage and there was soot everywhere. <laughs> That's awesome. So no. So anyone who's thinking about trying that with a coffee filter, don't. Don't do that. That's funny. Mm. OK. Slices. Okay. Maya, what do you Slices. Oh, yeah. Um, so you guys have all been in a fire alarm before at school or. Probably at school. Maybe, I've never been in actually building. in the fire alarm, though. Wah, wah. You know what I'm talking I've about. I've never looked into the heart of the alarm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and usually, a lot of times you're tempted to just, you know, sit there. Right. But if you're, you know, if you're at school, usually they make you get up or whatever. Um, well, a student, a college student, 22-year-old student um, at the West, at Western Illinois University uh, was in his frat house. I believe they're the rambling wreck. <laughs> <laughs> well, this uh, frat kid. Uh, decided he wasn't going to um, leave and that the fire department was taking too long to even show up. Um, apparently, someone pulled it. Um, it wasn't just a tester. Um, and instead of leaving, he decided to stay in his room and eat lasagna. <laughs> and when the police and fire department finally showed up, they ticketed him for not leaving. Did you know you could get ticketed? No. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, apparently you can get ticketed. <laughs> College fire drills were the worst. Yeah. That happened in my dorm all the time, and it was probably like 3 a.m. Always, in the winter. Yeah, it always. was awful. Uh, Speaking of another myth, you got to mingle with the girls. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, well, I wasn't well, even in the mood to do that, though. I was just like, I want to go back to bed. I was still up. Well, you were in you were in boy and girl domes. domes. Yeah, and so, yeah. So the well, certain pranksters would coordinate um, that guys and girls dorms ladies. would go at the same time. Mm. So, so then we could have a mixer out in the quad. <laughs> <laughs> well, sp- speaking of Mythbusters and college fire alarms, two things that uh, will set off a fire alarm is a firecracker down the trash chute, mm-hmm. because as it turns out, there's a dumpster full of paper down there. <laughs> did you do that? Uh, the, the, other, <laughs> the other thing did. is a fog machine. Hmm. Um, those well, yeah. will also uh, set off a fire uh, alarm. I can add a third uh, bottle rocket down the dorm hallway. Doesn't <laughs> doesn't work well either. Oh you know what else gosh. doesn't work is just running around your college dorm room spraying a fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> you know, also doesn't work too. I tried this one one time, lighting the dorm on fire. <laughs> oh, also incidentally, you never get away with it. If you put a CD in the microwave, it does smoke. Mm. Just just a tip. 
It does look awesome. For it does like look three seconds, awesome. Though. We had it's like old- a lightning storm <laughs> on a CD. We had an <laughs> old, disgusting microwave in our dorm, so we would just microwave stuff for fun. Yeah, if you want to see so one, weird. you guys are weird. If you want to see one awesome uh, lightning storm, put a CD in the microwave. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> Christian College, make your own fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, do you have a slice, right? Yes. Um, so I don't think that most of us would be able to identify. Like, if someone was to say, hey, smell this wad of cash, you wouldn't be like, yes, that smells like a wad of cash. Like, you wouldn't be able to identify. If they were $1,000 bills, they have a very distinct scent. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you from experience. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. sure, yeah. Um, so, I don't, like, I don't think there are very many of us who'd be able to tell, like, say, you know, say it's from It's kind of strawberry-ish. <laughs> like, I'm not sure. And, like, and I don't know if you could distinguish a pile of cash from a pile of paper. Like, I don't know. Just by smell? Yeah, just by smell. So, uh, are these $100 bills this. and less? I don't know. I don't know. try this. Um, all this to say, uh, a vice president at Microsoft who presumably can distinguish the smell of cash, uh, has released a new cologne called money No, and it is cash scented perfume and cologne and it comes for both men and for women. It's how you attract cougars. Yeah, I was going to say, is that the last that when you purchase that, do you know my soul is gone? <laughs> like literally, I my that's the list, the last piece right now. I'm covering with the smell of money. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, it's probably that, or if you buy like Snooky perfume. <laughs> <laughs> to read to read with her New York Times bestseller, yeah, a short exactly, thing. Yeah, she does not. You've read it. Yeah, have yeah. you read a short thing? I, I, not yet. I, it's on my. It's on, it's my on his Kindle. List. It's on his Kindle yeah. wish list. It's, it's on my Kindle right after Jonathan Franzen's Freedom. <laughs> I'm on to Snooky. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Uh, up next is Brandon Heath. You're listening to Miniature Tigers. The song is Bullfighter Jacket. It's playing right now on Relevant FM, and the video is on Relevant TV. Check it out. Brandon Heath has released three studio albums, including his brand new one called Leaving Eden. It just released last week. Uh, While he was out promoting the album, he came by the Relevant Studios and recorded a few songs for us. You can check him out at brandonheath.net. Without any further ado, here is Brandon Heath. This is Brandon Heath, and uh, this is the title track of the new record called Leaving Eden. Headlines read like a warning, we're under attack. I just waved to a stranger, he didn't wave back. If it weren't for my TV, I wouldn't know what is real. My doctor can't do a thing for how I feel. Feels like I'm leaving Eden. Feels like I'm leaving. 
got a job My local Salvation Army just got robbed Oh Feels like I'm leaving Eden Feels like I'm can't go back cause I'm leaving Eden I'm going going home I'm going going home There's no place, no place like home, home, oh, when you're leaving, Eden, when you're Can't go back Cause I'm leaving I'm leaving Eden That was Brandon Heath Check out his new album Leaving Eden at BrandonHeath.net You're listening to Matthew Perryman Jones. The song is Rain or Shine, playing right now on Relevant FM. Uh, okay, so in lieu of an interview like we did last week with Lecrae, uh, this week we have a special award show lined up for you. Take it away, Jesse. 
Well, it's award show season. Uh, the Golden Globes are just on, you know, Oscar nominations, Screen Actors Guilds. All those are just, you know, right. we're right in the, in the heart of it. But I couldn't help but notice there's one genre of, of filmmaking that contributes so much to our collective experience as Americans and, and our contemporary culture, but is completely neglected in award shows. So what I wanted to do was I put together some categories and I'm going to read nominations for non-celebrity or game-based reality shows. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, the, so, no so, so no Survivor. No Snooki. No, no Amazing Race. Uh, no VH1 type of show. Okay. Mm-hmm. But is These there are, is there Snooki level people? Because they've become celebrities, but they weren't when they went on the show. I, I have left them off because in my mind, those are still celebrity based at this point. At this point. Maybe if Jersey Shore, if, if, if this game was like three years ago or last summer or whenever Jersey Shore started, yes. Okay. But at, at, at this point, no. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Because if, they, if the people can be found in a gossip magazine, they're not part of this. Gotcha. Okay. Good clarification. Um, yeah. So, you know, I don't want to go to that level. Nothing against the the good folks at Jersey Shore, but I'm keeping this highbrow, okay? Um, so how it's going to work is I'm going to read the, the categories and nominations. There's nine categories. They all have nominations. We can kind of talk through them, but if, if Chad or, or, or one of the guys has the ability to post this list on the podcast feedback page, users next week can go and tell us who they think should win in each category, and we'll, we can you know, see, what, see what the users think. Fair okay. enough. So people mm-hmm. can actually vote. So we're not saying our winners. We're actually saying our nominees this week. And then the, the listeners will go over to the podcast episode page and vote. Okay. And we yes. will announce the winners on next week's podcast. Yes. And, what and is, it what would is be great the, to get one of, the, one of these people on the phone. I don't know if that's possible, <laughs> but... Chad, Chad um, can do anything. So, okay. So what is the name of this award show? Because if we're going to call them, we call the person's yeah, publicist, we have to tell them we're calling from the so-and-so awards. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about... Oh, man. What if we call it the Screening Actors Guild Awards? Why? Because, well, I mean, for no particular reason, except it sounds like Screen Actors Guild Awards. So then we can call <laughs> because it the a publicist like, is likely to... Say it really fast. Yeah. Mistakenly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> SAG is calling. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're still SAG. That way we can still be SAG. That's true. What if we just call them the SAG Awards? Or it could be the Oscars with a K instead of a C. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or a Z at the end instead of an S. <laughs> the Oscars. Yeah. I like the Oscars. Oscars. All right, let me check for see if that domain's been available. for an Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> let me check because we got to get the domain if if we're gonna go with that. Hold on, let me see. Even if we have to get a .gov or .net, I think. <laughs> .biz, Oscars. That would even be better. Yeah, .com. Okay, Oscars.biz. <laughs> okay, let me see if they have that because that's better. Okay, Oscars.biz is available. Oh, good. That's it. <laughs> I mean, the, the Oscars.com is available, um, but Oscars.com is not. The Oscar, uh, if we just want to go with Oscars and not the, like Facebook versus the Facebook, right, yeah. uh, which is obviously better for the brand, if you ask Justin Timberlake. Um, <laughs> we have Oscars.info, Oscars.co, Oscars.net, Oscars.org, USCA, Moby, 
Biz, me, and TV. Oscar's not TV. Mm. It makes sense. But I, I, I like, like that biz. biz. Yeah, I like that biz. Because it really speaks to how uh, the Pre- level that these awards are on. Yeah. yeah. And a, a publicist opening a link at oscars.biz <laughs> is just funny to think Well, of. plus, I feel like you, like the odds of receiving a phone call from someone at oscars.biz, like it's always going to be like a shady Latvian businessman. <laughs> yeah. Like, hello, this is from oscar.biz. I have a word for you. <laughs> I'm totally. I mean, seriously, this the voting will not be at the podcast episode page. It will be at Oscars.biz, and we will link to it from the podcast episode page. Because I'm I this week while I'm at my, at my board meetings will create an entire website for Oscars.biz. That's what I'm gonna do at night. I don't have anything else to do. All right, so so the, I'll be honest. You know, I didn't want to go. I, I tried to take cues from how other award shows do it with their categories, but it, it's a special genre, so there's some special categories in here. That's what I'll do. I'll say for the category of, and I'll say the category, then I'll read the nominations, and then we can fodder about them. Okay. And by the way, I'm wearing a tuxedo right now. All right, so in the category of best new show in the genre of law enforcement slash personal storage unit foreclosure, (laughs) the nominees are Border Wars. Oh, yeah. Police Women of Broward County. (laughs) Alaska State Troopers. Steven Seagal Lawman, not a celebrity by no standards. (laughs) (laughs) Or Storage Wars. Now, storage wars is when somebody didn't pay their storage rental, and so they break into it and let people bid on what's inside. Or they... yes, have you seen this program? No, yet? I, I've seen it promoted. Promo. I heard an, I heard of This American Life about that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah it's crazy. It's like a whole culture, yeah. isn't it? Like people yeah. that go around to raid. Well, and they like, and they don't know. They never know what's in it. They just have to bid blind and hope yeah. it's something. Oh, cool. really? Yeah, yeah. They just having watched about four yeah. hours of the show last week. I can say it's awesome, <laughs> and I have eight hundred dollars. I'm willing to invest. I just got to find where these things go on. So I don't understand. So this is somebody's property, and they by not paying their rent, the storage unit facility can sell your unit and the contents yeah. to somebody else. It must mm-hmm. be in the yes. contract you signed. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's basically you bid to the unit company. Mm-hmm. I'll give you $1,000 for whatever's in the shed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you just pay it and open yeah. it. You have, to, cl- you have to clean it out, though. Yeah. They hire an auctioneer and you have like three days to clean it out after you get... Yeah. After and you, you can't take see what's in there before you Wait, do? so they just open the little like oh, garage so door so you can like see the stuff that's in front. But people are saying like... They like some people like had paid like four hundred dollars and there was like a car behind the really? initial wall of stuff. Why and would then, you stop paying rent if you got a car in there? Just go get your car and then right. stop paying rent. So some people have like one person had like seventeen hundred dollars in cash in there. Yeah, they can pay their rent with that. Yeah, exactly. You got to swing by and pick it up, but you can pay your rent. Yeah. I, hey, I know. I, <laughs> a, good point. But what it equates to is awesome TV show. <laughs> so um, okay. So what's Police Women of Broward County like? Um, that is a, uh, it's, I mean, the title really explains it all. Uh, (laughs) I didn't say what's it about. I said, what's it like? It's two different things. It's, it's like cops. Um, uh, but you know, I've only seen, you know, admittedly probably 20 minutes of this program. Um, but but it was so good. You, it got nominated based on those 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, it fell into the category as well. And I think it's got a pretty big fan base among our listeners. So. Border Wars, I've seen. It's awesome. Alaska State Troopers, I, I haven't seen. What channel is that it's on? It's pretty it's awesome. It's Sarah um, Palin. 
<laughs> and her squad car. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of her She's kids got crime. picked up on the show before. But uh, <laughs> oh. one of the trouble. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I mean it's like in Alaska. Um, you know, it's sort of frontier country. So law enforcement, I don't know. They just work a little different up there. Like they, 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 they go into like the village or whatever. And they like talk to the people. There's, there's only a handful of law enforcement officers for every group of people. You know so what are I mean? We, are we talking like, so we're not saying like Anchorage. We're talking like far, far North. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm talking Tundra, baby. Okay. These are state troopers. So Anchorage would have their own police yeah, force. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah. so like some people call the police. Like I have a, I have a cat in my tree. They they call the police because I have a moose on my roof, mm-hmm. and so the state troopers have to go and <laughs> they have to go and shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So All what's right. The, what's the next category? The nominations for the category of best alien slash monster slash ghost slash whaler hunting show. <laughs> <laughs> the, the nominees are UFO hunters, monster quest. <laughs> Ghost Hunters International or Whale Wars? Wait, you mean House Hunters International? No. Ghost Hunters International. I think there's a Ghost Hunters International. There's yeah, ghost- I think there is. I yeah. know there's Ghost Hunters. I didn't know they did an international edition. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Haunted stuff overseas. It's double yeah. scary. I got to be honest. That show scares the crap out of me. Like, exactly. They never I find don't anything. No, they so never find anything. anything. But I'm always like, they're totally going to find something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, that is one spooky old lighthouse. Yeah. No, I hear you. That's is, why it's nominated. UFO hunters, do they ever find anything? No. Lots of videos I mean, of almost. Yeah. In Monster Quest, um, they haven't found anything either. But it doesn't stop me from watching these shows and loving them. <laughs> and the Whale Wars, they find lots of whalers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. all the time, like That's every true. episode. So uh, I think this is going to be a good category. I think there's a lot of fans of uh, these shows out there. All right, this one I have pictures that I, I've sent Chad links to in case you're not familiar with them. Um, but this is the category of best accessory on one of the shows. Mm, best okay. accessory. The nominees are Billy the Exterminator's Vexcon sunglasses. Have you guys seen these? You guys Billy the Exterminator fans yet? Uh, no. Um, I have seen I them have... because I have the JPEG in front of me. Is that a show? Yes. Yes, yeah. It, yeah. it's 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 about uh, an exterminator named Billy <laughs> who has the greatest fashion sense of. Uh, oh, he used to be oh, wow. on. I feel like didn't he used to be on another show? He was on an episode of Dirty Jobs once. Okay, I and, and was... I think I think he was arrested on Police Woman of Broward County early on as well. <laughs> All right, or Caesar Milan's rollerblades. <laughs> <laughs> now, the dog whisperer would not be the same without those blades. So right. keep that in mind if you're voting. Uh, the third is the stink bombs those nerds from Whale Wars throw at the Japanese whaling vessels. <laughs> uh, again, the show wouldn't be the same without the stink bombs. It's true. And the final accessory. Jamie from Mythbusters beret. Wow, that's true. <laughs> that's yeah. They've turned that into an icon. Yeah. Yeah, it really has. People see the beret and only think about myths. <laughs> 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 all right, so again, these are all tough categories so, so far. I don't see I don't see any any uh, you know, dead on favorites. I see a lot of dark horses mm-hmm. right now. 
Okay, the category of I feel kind of weird after watching an hour of that award. <laughs> now, this goes to the show that you watched a whole episode and after you just don't feel really right inside. Yeah. You know, like you're like, I don't really, I feel like I need to watch a, like a comedy, like an old Seinfeld just to be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> kind of cleanse your palate. Exactly. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of these shows on. So, uh, the nominees are Hoarders. Oh. oh. Animal <laughs> Hoarders. Oh. I didn't know I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> a new show that's called My Strange Addiction. Oh, that show's so weird. <laughs> I know. I know. And finally, Chris Angel Mind Freak. <laughs> so I feel very weird after watching all of those. My soul feels weird after watching those shows. Yeah. If yeah. you've ever watched one episode of Hoarders or any of those, you're like, oh, man, I, I don't know, man. I need to go for a walk. It's some air. <laughs> okay. Have you seen My Strange Addiction? No. It's weird. I've only seen clips. It's online. just like these these people. And it's not really addiction. It's like like people with OCD. Yeah. yeah. Like one lady, one lady is quote unquote addicted to having her hair dryer on while she sleeps. So she just has a hair dryer like in bed with her that blows and on her a $2,000 dollar power bill. Yeah. But she like has burns on her skin because the hair dryer oh, keeps gosh. going all night. It's crazy. You feel pretty weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that might be a front runner. If you've seen it, it's definitely disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, although there's some episode of hoarders that really just, uh, do a number on you. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so this award, I'm bringing it back up now, is I can't believe I just spent an entire four hours watching that award. <laughs> now, this is for the show, and everybody's had one, where you woke up at Saturday morning, like around like 10 o'clock, okay? You turn on the TV, this is on, and you see that, oh, there's a marathon on. Well, I'll watch an episode. You look at the clock, and it's four o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> and you've been watching this show all day. I think we've all had one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and one of these shows will will do that to you. The, the nominees are Mythbusters, mm-hmm. Pawn Stars, mm-hmm. Dirty Jobs, mm-hmm. Locked Up Abroad. I don't know if you guys seen no, that. No, I haven't seen that. Or Man vs. Wild. See, I think I think a lot of these you're dipping back. Like Mythbusters, Dirty Jobs, and Man vs. Wild. I think was two, three years ago. I think I think the new generation, like Pawn Stars and stuff, is more addictive nowadays for pawn stars well but those are like like the thing is uh dirty jobs and mythbusters are still being made and i could still watch them all day you know what i mean i was gonna put i i I originally called this the deadliest catch award (laughs) because i felt like deadliest catch was the ultimate show to waste a day yeah that's very true you know like uh, you know they lead so well into each other considering nothing happened other than they the basket the basket had a lot of crabs or not too many crabs <laughs> yeah. but you always when, when that bon jovi dead or alive starts playing you're like oh crap i was gonna go out but i guess i gotta sit here for yeah. the next hour <laughs> can't leave now yeah well this this category is the most awkward father-son dynamic and it seems like in all of these shows a father and son dynamic is is a staple sure um and so I had to put the granddaddy of them all because they actually have an entire spinoff this year, and I think it started last year, of just the father and son dynamic of American Chopper Jr. vs. Senior. Really? It, it's, a, it's a show about their competing businesses and how they don't speak to each other. Are you anymore. serious? Yeah, they yeah, had a they, huge falling out. I didn't know that. The, yeah. they're, they're locked in a lawsuit with each other. Come on. 
But there's all these interesting dynamics, like the son invited his father to the wedding, but the father doesn't want to go because he doesn't want to be a distract. You know, I mean, it's pretty mindless, but it's compelling TV. Let's be honest. (laughs) Let's call a spade a spade here. You guys like American Chopper as much as I do. Probably not, Jesse. (laughs) (laughs) Game over. Game over. No, just kidding. Okay, so American Chopper. Pawn Stars, yeah, and we have that's actually a, that's actually of three generations of awkward yeah. dynamics going on there. I've, right. I've never seen Pawn Stars. It's amazing. I've heard it's awesome. Yeah, it really it is. is. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I put Billy the Exterminator again because his dad works at the office, and uh, I've, there's been some pretty awkward fights with him and his parents. Uh, swamp Loggers. Have you guys seen Swamp Loggers? Yep. Yep. Uh, where, where the father owns like the crew, but the son is kind of the head guy in the crew, and they're mm-hmm. always kind of he's vying for the approval. Mm-hmm. And and finally, the father of any of the children on I didn't know I was pregnant, <laughs> <laughs> which is certainly an awkward dynamic. <laughs> you could you could also create a category for the awkward uh, husband wife uh, dynamics, like like oh, uh, yeah. dog the bunny bounty hunter and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's actually he's actually nominated for my next category. Oh, so oh. good segue. Say that. Yeah. Uh, the category is the Lifetime Achievement Award. I was hoping you were going to go with like racist Christians. <laughs> <laughs> also, also an entire category of reality TV stars. <laughs> so the Lifetime Achievement Award goes. Uh, the nominees are Mike Rowe for his work on Dirty Jobs, his expansive voiceover work, and his borderline inappropriate Lee Jeans commercials. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen those. I haven't seen those. I've just seen the Brett Favre ones. Is he also <laughs> yeah. on the field playing football? No, no, but he he's walking down the sidewalk, and I've seen this commercial so many times. It, it honestly, it, Mike Rowe is probably the most likable guy on TV, and it makes me really, really dislike him. <laughs> he's walking down the sidewalk, and, he, and he's wearing these Lee jeans, which. Uh, no offense to anyone who wears Lee jeans. They're just not that great of a cut. <laughs> he doesn't look that good in them. And But he's he's walking, talking about how great they are and how he doesn't need to pay $80 for jeans. You know, he's he's my, he's, he's doing dirty jobs. Why would he pay that kind of money? Uh, and then his last line is, and my girlfriend says it makes my butt look good. Stop Aww. it. Yes, I Stop swear. It. And you're like, come on, man. <laughs> You know, I don't. That's not what I want to hear from the guy that's out at the construction site. You know what I mean? Or scraping the inside of a barbecue pit. He does make me want to buy a Ford, though. He's very compelling. Yeah, yeah, he is. He he's a good salesman, yeah. except for except when for he uses his butt to sell. Yeah. <laughs> but nonetheless, I've given him a nomination for a lifetime achievement award because he is the voiceover for uh, Deadliest Catch and a lot of those reality yeah. shows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, this one, this one's a throwback because I feel like he's sort of a forefather. Is Dean Kane? Dean Kane, I'm nominating. TV Superman. Yeah, yeah. But prior to his <laughs> Superman days, um, or, or or after his Superman days, for his years of exploiting and exploring the world of human oddities on Ripley's Believe It or Not. Oh uh, yeah, right. that's true. Yeah. I forgot he was the host I of that. that. Yeah. So uh, I feel like he laid the the groundwork mm-hmm. uh, there. Uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter is nominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a longtime hit show, but I'm also nominating for his real life bounty hunting. That's true. He keeps <laughs> he's, it going. So. He's, yeah, he's a heck of a bounty hunter. <laughs> uh, Mikey Tuttle, uh, the funny one from American Choppers, because I credit him with really developing the comic relief role on these educational reality mm, shows. That's true. Characters have emerged, sort of, they always need a funny guy. I think Pawn Stars owes a lot just to Mikey. 
And finally, I'm nominating Chris Angel for his continuous years of mind freaking us. <laughs> Is he still around? Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he had a cameo on a CBS sitcom uh, this past week. I, I actually think he did. Wow. Wow. Okay, next one. Two more. Best sidekick slash... Yeah, this, I've, I've got this and one more. Best sidekick slash assistant. Ricky from Billy the Exterminator. We could give you getting a sweep from Billy the Exterminator. It's a huge hit this year. It's the Mad Men of the reality (laughs) genre. It really is. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the critics love it. Uh, Carrie from Mythbusters. I think she's the best assistant on there. Um, Vinny from American Chopper. Uh, Chumley from Pawn Stars. Mm. He's that lovable, funny assistant that keeps us watching. And, And Daddy... <laughs> the uh, Caesar Mon's favorite dog from the Dog Whisperer. He's nice. dead. Did he Daddy's die? Dead? He did die. Daddy's dead. Maybe this look at his sympathy. Has, is Caesar Mon gonna have daddy issues now? He has. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't a new. He had already gotten a new little dog that was with Daddy for the last year, but he did pass away. Oh, Cameron. If I know you're gonna be busy on this site, but it'd be nice to get one of those like in memorandum. <laughs> <laughs> And it's all daddy. It's all it's like shots of, of Caesar like rollerblading with daddy, you know? So I, I don't know if we'll have time. Slow mo soft focus. Yeah. 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 Daddy two thousand two. Playing, playing wind beneath my wings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. The, and the final one is best hair, mullet or ponytail. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, this one actually, Dog the Bounty Hunter, the TV show, actually has two nominated in this category. Uh, <laughs> I, the whole cast could have been, but I only chose two. Leland, who has the shave side of the head's ponytail. Oh, you right. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and Dog for his signature. Uh, Steven Seagal is on the list. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not celebrity, sure. but he's got, he has a ponytail. It's called the Steven Seagal. Yeah. Um, Wait, does he call the ponytail the Steven Seagal? I, that's what I call it. Like oh. when you oh, have the slick look. black little ponytail. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy the Exterminator, once again. And finally, in the in the category best hair, mullet slash ponytail, the entire cast of Police Women of Broward Counter. <laughs> <laughs> so good luck to them. Nominated in two categories this year. Congrats. Nice. We need to issue a press release <laughs> that, that these of the nominees being announced for Oscars.com. <laughs> Uh, dot biz. <laughs> yeah, or dot biz or whatever it is. <laughs> and make it the most like audacious looking press release ever. Like little spotlights coming out from the corners, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh man. It'd probably be the only award these people ever win, so they'll probably keep it on their shelf if we mail it to yeah, them. Exactly. What is that? It's my Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> it's my Oscars Dart Biz award. <laughs> We could get little awards made and, oh, be and like send them to whoever their <laughs> be so confused. PR person As is. long as Relevant Media Group is not attached in any way, <laughs> I'm totally down for that. There's no return address. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I wonder if any of them would actually announce it like with a press release. Like... <laughs> Dog the it would be great if, it, if it had like if, if it looked like an Oscar but it had a mullet <laughs> <laughs> like that's the award it's a little gold man it, with a mullet have oscars.biz on your google alert <laughs> yeah. see if anything pops up Pawn Stars nominated for four oscars.biz awards this year <laughs> 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 that's amazing okay all right, well, that'll do it for your Oscars nomination segment. All right, stay tuned. Up next, Brandon Heath.
You're listening to Matthew Mayfield. The song is Open Road, playing right now on Relevant FM, and you can catch the video at Relevant TV. Brandon uh, Heath has written a lot of songs with a lot of songwriters, and he's been nominated for several awards. None, not yet, Oscars.biz. Not but, yet. Uh, maybe soon. His song, Give Me Your Eyes, won the GMA Song of the Year and Pop Contemporary Song of the Year, uh, both awards in 2009. Uh, like we mentioned, his new album is Leaving Eden. Uh, random fact, Brandon sang at Carrie Underwood's wedding. Did not it's know true. that. He kept it a secret up until the very last moment. Really? Yeah. He he told us about it. It's pretty interesting. Nice. They're good friends. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Check him out at brandonheath.net. Here he is singing Only Water. There's a shadow coming As the sky goes black It's a stubborn rain On a Nebraska plain There's a farmer standing On a thirsty ground He holds his breath This is life or death It's only water And it washes over me Like a single river stone Changes everything Has no power on its own It's only water There's a winding canyon Where a mountain stood Miles of earth and clay Carried far away But there's something holy In these cathedral walls Took a lot of years And a lot of tears It's only water And it washes over me Like a single river stone Changes everything has no power on its own It's only water Oh, oh All the wine was gone They said he's just a man That's where it all began 
It was only water And it washes over me Like a single river stone Changes everything But has no power on its own It washes over me Like a single river stone Changes everything But has no power on its own Cause on its own It's only water That was Brandon Heath. His new album is Leaving Eden. You can find out more at brandonheath.net. listening to Magnetic Man featuring John Legend. The song is Getting Nowhere. I would think it would be difficult for the Magnetic Man to get many places because there's so much metal. Mm-hmm. He would have well, to always be, he would be always sucked under doors and things like that. He's also Maybe. not allowed in recording studios. So no. It makes him tough to be <laughs> And musician. can you imagine trying to fly? Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, what a nightmare that would be. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, could you imagine the harassment by TSA agents if you're magnetic? Well, let alone then when you're just trying to board the plane. I mean, phoom, right yeah. onto the hole. I mean, yeah. you can't yeah. get it and go inside. Mm-hmm. But maybe you just but stay out there. Maybe the he's like true. Magneto and can control it, though. That's true. Maybe he's honed his magnetism. And how does John Legend fe- figure into this equation? He is le- <laughs> he is legend. <laughs> he's a super a super uh, power hero as well. He, he is a super villain. Yeah. Speaking of Magneto, how is it possible that he controls his magnetism ba- like just with a helmet? Like, have they ever figured this out? Like, I, I, there's a there's a like lot a mag- of scientific it's a magnetic in X Men okay, if you really yes, start to yeah. investigate it. Yeah. As I have. <laughs> okay, here's one for you, real quick. I don't want to get off on a rabbit trail this early. When, uh, okay, when when Wolverine shoots his claws out, right? Mm-hmm. You, you guys are aware of that maneuver, yes. right? What if his wrists are bent inward? What if he's his fists are bent inwards? Do they shoot out his forearm? No, they always come out of his forearm. No, like, no, but I thought they came out of his like hand. That was like the it's top like the of top. It's like the top of his wrist. So it's so like, if his wrists are bent, it has no effect. No, no. Okay. Well, I was that just that I was just reading X Men last night, so I can okay. I can attest well, to this. That, that settles it. <laughs> wait, wait. Reading or playing with the action figures? Reading. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when you say reading, reading you mean, or you reenacting? Mean a comic book. Can I? Yeah, the comic book. Can I explain too that like the reason I have the comic book is because of the Orlando Public Library and the fact that they do home delivery of yeah, graphic novels. I know. It's amazing. I they deliver DVDs, PS3 games. It's great. It's crazy. I'm like. 
I don't support this as a taxpayer. I know. But if you have it, I'll do it. <laughs> I know. Right? I was going to say, how do you feel that that part of your taxes are going to deliver guys like you comic books? I know it's ridiculous. Okay, you know what? <laughs> they should actually just take the entire comic book category and force those people to come into the library. <laughs> because if anybody needs to get out of the house, mm. it's comic book people. <laughs> That's true. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, it's the, comic book home delivery is the worst idea ever. <laughs> do, do they bring it right down to your mom's basement? I feel like the only. <laughs> I feel like the only. <laughs> thing worse than comic book delivery would be if it was like obesity a guide or something yeah. like that yeah free pizza delivery yeah. free pizza delivery they'll bring it down into your bed yeah. where you are trapped okay like, yeah all right well it's time for so you your... don't have to get the forklift out yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man obesity we've already offended the the morbidly obese who require forklift to be out of their house and comic book readers which is a heavy percentage of the podcast listenership <laughs> <laughs> and those in favor of uh high government programs in some <laughs> central florida area well i was gonna say also we've like the people who have to get forklifted out of their homes they're already gonna get a tlc reality special so it's not like it matters if we offended them they'll that's get true. money at some point that's true yeah, yeah. Okay, well, it's time for your feedback. Last week, um, we asked you an unusual uh, question of the week. We asked you to ask us the question of the week. Um, As you know, Maya's been on this podcast. Uh, She had to step away for a segment. So in her place, we decided to go for another blonde female. (laughs) (laughs) Our very own (laughs) Teresa Dobrich. Hello, friends. Is sitting in. She will answer things with us. Now, Teresa's been here over three years. Mm Mm-hmm. And is this your second time on the podcast? Uh, this is my third. The third first time. time I had to lick a battery. That's right. And a plate of creamer. And another <laughs> one was, I think it was almost all guests. Um, it was my second week here. And I was so nervous. <laughs> what happens when you lick a battery? <laughs> Well, I was going to say, was there a stint on this podcast where it was like a morning jock jock? You're going to have to archive that one and check it out. (laughs) Yeah, we I don't know why we talked you into doing that. I don't know why you did it. It was for a free meal to Ethos, which no one wanted to go to the vegan restaurant. But I got it because vegan food makes your stomach go crazy. (laughs) No, soy cheese is an abomination. It's so good. I always regret it afterwards, but it's so good. (laughs) It's such a good idea. So we uh, we're going to go through your questions and uh, Chad and Teresa and Ryan and Jesse and I will tackle them as best we can. You went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and posted them there. So here's a few of the ones that caught our eye. Well, uh, Brian likely asked, what are your top three iPhone apps? And, and I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to use Android because we're, we're, I'm in Verizon country and, um, so AT&T service isn't great. So I have like an iPod touch, but all my apps are played on the Android. So I hope that doesn't forfeit my ability to answer this question. Um, but I'm really into a game called Balloons. Have you guys played Balloons? No. no. It's like a, a, a sort of like a, a like a, a puzzle game where you're popping balloons to try to match colors. It's really fun. Uh, I like a game on, the, on my uh, Android called Drop where a ball like... It's it, you use like the little tilt functionality, and, you, and a ball drops through these little slits and gets further and further, uh, and that's really fun. And then I don't know, like Pandora, probably. I mean, I like Angry Birds, but I felt like that's the low hanging fruit. That's the easy one. Yeah, I, my my two are Sudoku and poker apps, and then like Tweet Deck. Ryan, I'm I'm assuming you have the GTL app. Well, I was going to say, my favorite app is I have Pagel for my Nokia phone from like 2002. 
<laughs> my phone is awful. Teresa's was awful. Oh no! Okay. And then you got a new one. I liked. I liked mine. It was. It was kind of a flip, but kind of a BlackBerry. I just. I was going hipster, anti-establishment, anti-Apple, and uh, she went nine ninety nine at <laughs> Best Buy. I, I, so I your favorite it. game is Snake. <laughs> <laughs> um, I unfortunately it was on my family plan had to upgrade over Christmas, so I got an Android, and uh, all my apps are really practical. I keep my Netflix queue up. And uh, I have a Spanish translation one on there so that I can continue to uh, impress people with my skills from ninth grade. Don't Boring. <laughs> so you're telling me when you're waiting at like at the doctor's office or for your dentist appointment or, or getting your oil changed, you are learning Spanish, not playing an awesome game. No, I uh, don't estar mi teléfono. That's pretty much it. <laughs> okay, there's a few others here, uh, and I'm I'm noticing that uh, some people they aren't actually asking us questions. They're ask they're giving us just uh, unsolicited feedback, and uh, in, 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 the, in, a, in a slight form of a question. Yeah, and, and suggestions. Um, but one one comment caught my eye, uh, and I want to address it for just briefly before we move on. And, and one is Kieran and and Cassie said talked about uh, last week's podcast where uh, Josh Loveless talked about men and the role of men caring for young children. And they say like that I was small-minded about that. My, to clarify my comment, it was simply the example of men uh, changing you know, babies or small children in the mm-hmm. nursery. That, that's all I was talking about. I think that father figures and strong male presences and nursery and child raising is obviously important. I was just like, you know, maybe yeah. leave the... The diaper duty to the to the to the moms. I mean, I don't know if you. I don't know. Anyway, move on, people. Um, somebody asked who did the uh, editorial question of the week song. That was uh, done by Flynn Adam Atkins. Flynn Atkins, who was our first producer. He's uh, of the legendary hip hop group L.A. Symphony. He's a solo hip hop artist out in L.A. now, and he has a project with Pigeon John called Root Beer. He uh, he was he was out here for two or three years, uh, produ- and he produced our podcast while he was here and made music, and that is actually Flynn's voice modulated, and he did the uh, question of the week jingle, and we just loved it. We don't have anything else from his era still on the podcast, <laughs> but we we're gonna keep that till we go to our grave. I think that was done in well, 2005. I think T Pain actually stole the whole effect from from that. I think he did. He owns Flynn royalties. My, my phone is from roughly 2005. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, speaking of great apps, T-Pain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can Jesse actually imitate an Australian accent? That's what Oliver wants to know. He says, for, uh, because from my lifelong experience as an Aussie, uh, I've never once met or heard an American who can pull something that remotely sounds like an Australian accent off. So, Jesse, you need to redeem your race and do it, mate. All right. I will prepare to offend you. <laughs> I like that he says race. Like, yeah, we're, you know we all are the same race. Yeah. By the way, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the human race. <laughs> yeah, I don't care what. Yeah, what country you're from. We're we're, we're all humans. Uh, I don't really. I don't really have a great. Like I said, like my buddy, I can only say one word with an Australian accent. So I will say it. Australia. <laughs> Australia. <laughs> That's the only word, unfortunately, I can say in an Australian accent. I'm so. an American and I'm offended. So. <laughs> then my job is done. There's like that, like, good day. And then like, Fosters. The, Fosters. Yeah. Australian for beer. Yeah, the only thing you can really do is impersonate an Outback commercial. Exactly. That's our only frame of reference. Say shrimp on the Barbie. 
Yeah. Shrimp on the Barbie. There you go. I think that's <laughs> a bloomin' also- onion, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a Foster's Australian for beer. That's literally our only frame of yeah, reference. That's Australian yeah. in a nutshell. The, the closest I've come to Australia is Outback Steakhouse. So. Cameron, here's one for you. Did you see this? This person said in the fall of 2009, you asked for name suggestions for your firstborn. Uh, this guy, Caleb Canal, suggested Cohen. You liked it. Now my wife and I are pregnant, and I'd like to return the favor. Do you have any suggestions for a boy's name? Must work with the last name Canal, as in Panama Canal. Well, well I think he's got his answer right there. <laughs> 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 Panama. They, isn't there, isn't Panama Jack like a thing? Yeah. yeah. Well, an 80s uh, suntan lotion brand mm-hmm. and sunglasses. <laughs> Um, it, no, okay. He, I will give full credit. Caleb Canal named my son. We, we, we were eight months into our pregnancy and frustrated because none of the books had any names that were unique and meant something and f- sounded good with Strang, which is a very tough name to name with. And so I tweeted on a Friday night this question. Got up the next morning, had 150 replies. We laid in bed looking through them all, and his reply was Cohen, and it told us what it meant, and uh, we it struck us and immediately that was what we chose so he named cohen that's cool well yeah. done caleb and, and and i have no suggestion for your son <laughs> Other than i had a hard enough time naming my own son huh? yeah i don't know anything that goes with canal suez maybe <laughs> mm. yeah i think i think the best way to look is not to get uh, what's his first name caleb i yeah. think i don't think caleb should go looking for baby name books i think he should look for an atlas <laughs> <laughs> well it, actually you're you're something that i really like is is uh city city names as mm-hmm. as baby names I, uh, okay two things i like last names as first names and i like city names as first names the problem with you uh, with canal is you can't do anything geographic right with with canal because it would sound like the actual Hudson Canal or yeah. you know Brooklyn Canal or you know whatever like mm-hmm. there was yeah one. but last names you would just names. sound geographically ignorant right right, right. <laughs> uh, here's a question for um, the people who played the game last week how does it make you feel that your boss is organizing CDs during your game. <laughs> Right here. Nice yeah, how do you right. feel? Well organized. That's how. <laughs> um, what's your favorite? Uh, Laura Jurinek. Jur wants to know what is your current favorite album or artist? <sighs> Th- those are harder to answer than like spiritual questions for me. Because <laughs> there's only one Jesus. Yeah, that's yeah, true. yeah. Well, there's a couple on here, like about denominations and and the liturgy and things. Uh, this is honestly, I, I have more difficulty answering than any of those. I've been listening to the new Destroyer album a lot lately. So good, it's really good. The Civil Wars, yeah. Civil Wars. Yeah. I think I know, we wouldn't answer that because we've been listening to it for six months, so we're kind of waning on it. But the rest of the world is getting it right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really like the new Cage the Elephant and um, went back to Young the Giant too. It's one of my favorites. Now. The December album's good. Oh yeah, the new December album is good. The new Iron and Wine is really good. Yeah. The Head and the Heart, that album I've been listening to a lot lately. I like the the Cold War Kids. Do you? Yeah. I, I've, I've just heard mixed reactions on it. I mean, they're on our cover. I'm not saying anything disparaging yeah. about it. It's just a very different sound for the group. It's very much more Kings of Leon because mm-hmm. they had that same producer. Hey, uh, Jesse, Timothy Worstel says, hey, Jesse, how about them Jets? Uh, oh, thanks, Timothy. I haven't heard that before. Okay, Scott Purdue asks, where did you guys dig up Jesse? Oh, yeah. <laughs> hmm, thanks, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the story is that Jesse interned with us as a bright-eyed, young, optimistic young man from uh, Oral Roberts University. 
he interned with us. He he uh, then the next summer he went out on the festival tour and led that for us. And then we said, this young whippersnapper, we need to give him a chance. And so we brought him in uh, to our editorial team. He edited the website for several years and then became managing editor of the magazine. And right when he was really coming to his prime, decided to move away. (laughs) And then he was dead to us for like two years. And then, and then the prodigal returned home. And then then our hearts softened, and we called him and said, do you want to be on the podcast? <laughs> he said, yes, I would love to. And so he's back on the podcast. Yeah, and, and I appreciate that, by the way. I, I, I very much enjoy doing the podcast and being able to, to, to uh, mix it up with the team every week. I, I did find one comment interesting. This guy, J.D. Woody, 76, he said, uh, Lecrae is great, and... Um, it's relevant that needs to get in line with God and God alone. Uh, in the world, not of it is what they need to embrace. We need to embrace. Why Why need to promote secular music and movies and artists that glorify self and not God? I thought that was interesting because Lecrae actually talked about mm-hmm. yeah. that in his interview that he listens to secular music and stuff because it keeps his in, himself in touch with the human condition, with what's happening in culture, with like you know well, all these things. And that's exactly why we cover it too. Well, I remember he also said like, in the interview that he was like, it's not like Christian architects only read books by Christian architects. He's right. like, you learn from the best. Right. And frankly, like the best people making rap music aren't always Christian. And we're looking at, you know, when we cover culture and how God's moving culture, we look at, we look at it through a lens of discernment through a God centered lens. And so we don't, we don't, you know, just take everything at face value. We chew the meat and spit out the bones. And we try to, you know, we're talking to a mature thinking audience uh, with, you know, who are primarily believers and we're talking about things at a deeper level. We don't just promote fluff and crap that's out there. We want to talk to people who are thinking deeply, who are creating art for a reason. Even if we disagree with the reason, we want to be thoughtful, uh, discerning Christians who um, are aware of what's happening in culture as well. Our magazine is unique in that vantage point. And if you, that, that's not where you're at in your worldview, that's fine. There's plenty of magazines that you know don't have our approach. We just felt like there is an audience out there uh, like us that you know kind of looks at the world a little differently. So and plus, I think it's a you know not to uh, sound like too cliche, but I honestly think it's like a, a pattern that you can see even in like the New Testament. There, you know, the story where Paul goes to Athens and he's walking around uh, like in their kind of cultural center. And he starts to engage people, but he he engages them by saying, hey, I was checking out all your idols, and I noticed you have one to the unknown God. And that's sort of his entry point. He actually commends them for, uh, you know, setting up something for things they don't know. You know what I mean? But if he had just had the view of, I'm going to be completely isolated from what these people's expression of trying to find deeper meaning, then he would have never had that entry point. And, and I think there's an interest, uh, an important clarification. He said the word promote, and 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 I, I I I say this: we journalistically cover things. We have two pages in our magazine where we recommend things in the back, and we say recommends. But everything else is covering, covering from a journalistic standpoint, a critical standpoint. We're asking tough questions, hopefully. Um, covering and promoting, in my opinion, are two completely different things. Time magazine can put Akhmak Dimajad on their cover, and they're not promoting him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He may be 
the worst man in the world. They're not promoting him. They're they do. T- and they do get accused of it, though. They do get accused yeah. of it. But, I mean, that's the perception. Right, right. We also get, you know, the perception that, you know, somebody runs an advertisement in our magazine that we are therefore fully endorsing them. Now, we do filter our advertisers. We don't run anything that would be objectionable. Uh, but but because somebody paid to put an advertisement in our magazine does not mean that that is representative of everything we would endorse. And so, you know, I think that media is interesting. Just because it's on our platform doesn't mean that that is what we're promoting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge qualification when you're talking about secular issues, we're asking hard questions, we're dealing with things like real life issues like sex and drinking and other real life questions that we as Christians need to have an honest dialogue about just because you're having the dialogue doesn't mean that you promote drinking. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I just think that you have to read our magazine with a little bit more discernment. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe other Christian stuff is prepackaged. And you don't have to think at all. But ours, you actually need to think. If you're not ready to think, don't get it. I don't mean I don't mean that as an attack on this guy. But it is something we've heard. We hear a lot. Like, why did you promote so and so? We didn't promote so and so. We talked to so and so. We don't endorse everything they've done. In the new issue, we have the Cohen brothers. I don't promote the Cohen brothers. We ask them. I mean. True Grit is dripping with, with, with religious imagery. These guys come from a Jewish background, but there's scripture all over it. That's interesting to me. I want to ask them those things. I'm not promoting it. You know what I mean? There's violence in the film I can't promote. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Okay, Ryan asks, uh, uh, there's three more I want to get to. Ryan asks, if you could have anyone, anyone from popular Christian culture Skype in and be a permanent host on the podcast, <laughs> and it's not Carmen, who would it be? Hmm. I say McGee. <laughs> oh, that's a good call. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm oh. definitely gonna go with McGee. All right, JD asks uh, for e- this is for each of us. Uh, always, he's always been curious about what church or denomination do you participate in. Um, I've always it's always been non-doms, n- non-denom. Um, Your dad's a pastor. My dad is a pastor. Of what denomination? Non-denominational. There you go. Um, down here in Orlando, I am a part of Status, which is a Discovery Church, and non-denom. Non-denom. All right, Ryan. Um, I oh, yours is weird. This is hard. I um, not that you're not, no, not no, your no, part of weird. a cult. Your, yeah. your story is weird. So I started out college basically Baptist. But your parents are missionaries. What? My parents are missionaries, and we went to a non-denom church. Okay, and yeah, in Austria. So I started out nominally Baptist, and then uh, by the end of college, was basically Anglican. But if you know anything about the Anglican church, it's like really hard to find a good church that like preaches about Jesus and like isn't crazy. So I went to a Presbyterian or a reformed church in Chicago that I really liked and was there for like three years and was really involved. Um, and then when I moved down here, I was looking for an, a church and um, went to an Episcopal church for a while. Um, Is that the then, one where you sang in the choir? Yeah. But then good. my, uh, my fiance and I just had a really hard time getting involved because there weren't very many people our age. So, now we go to a uh, non-denom church. But I guess if I was to label myself, it would probably be like an evangelical Anglican. I would agree with that. So Most of your theological debates come from that vantage point. Yeah, I think so too. Chad? I uh, grew up Baptist, went to Presbyterian College, went a little bit more Reformed after that, and completely on the opposite end of the scale now, I'm part of a nine-member house church that is non-denominational. Jesse? I am also a member of a non-denominational church. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not huge. It's not, I mean, I guess it's kind of a medium to smaller church. I've been going, I actually, it's gone through kind of a couple transitions, but I grew up going there. But the current kind of phase is in, it's really uh, community-minded. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, we, we go to like a kind of uh 
you know, weekly Bible study. There's also a lot of community programs uh, that w- like our church has a community food pantry where people can come. And, uh, you know, we do a lot of uh, microfinance stuff overseas. So, so it's a really kind of, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess that's the only different element than, you know, how the church used to be traditionally. A lot of its emph- emphasis right now is on, uh, outreach, which which we enjoy, and it gives you a lot of opportunity to get involved in. It's called Greenbrier Church. I grew up uh, Assembly of God. Uh, both uh, parents came from multi generation church planters, pastors, and professors in the Assembly of God denomination. So I was grew up Assembly of God, but it was more of your like more contemporary non denom style Assembly of God church. There's apparently very conservative ones. Mm-hmm. Went to uh, Oral Roberts University, which at the time was a very word of faith focused. It's no longer. And then, uh, have been going to a non-denominational, you know, churches ever since then. Um, Maya grew up Lutheran and, uh, went to a Lutheran church all her life. And then when we got married, it's cause she's from Minnesota. Yeah. And her family's from Minnesota, <laughs> yeah. basically in Minnesota, you're Catholic or Lutheran. Yeah. Um, so Lutheran, uh, to the core, my eyes were open as you know, cause some of the guy you were up, I mean, there's no drinking, there's no, you know, whatever. First time I went over to when we were dating, we stopped by, her mom was in the choir at her church. We stopped by the uh, Lutheran church choir party. Christmas. <laughs> Those choir parties are crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've never you, seen. It, it ain't no party like a Lutheran party. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I have never seen more sauced up, yeah. you know, middle-aged women. I mean, whew. I'm convinced that mainline, little Cameron's eyes were open that day. I think mainline <laughs> Protestants can probably outdrink the majority of the population. I'm telling you what, like, it's crazy. Yeah. So Lutherans really opened my eyes to a whole nother level of faith that I Anyway, we're, Maya and I both now go to a non-denom church. So, all right. So we got one last request, and and this is true. Uh, they forgot to put their name in, but uh, they said, "I've been waiting for months now for the promised retelling of Jesse's famous crazy pet monkey story." Can we please hear it? And this is true. This person writes in like almost every week, and so Jesse, will you please tell us the crazy pet monkey story? Yes, and and I hope that I can deliver on the second time around. Uh, that that it hasn't been hyped up so much. Well, but Ryan's I will, not I will heard attempt. it. Chad's I've never, not I've heard, never heard, it. heard it. And okay. Teresa's never heard it. Well, well, b- basically the story is there was this guy. <laughs> there's this guy that I went to college with who was dating this girl, right? And he used to hang out at her house all the time, and. Uh, she was like, hey, I just want to let you know. The, before the first time we went over there, she, he's like, uh, she told him, I just want to let you know that uh, before you meet my dad, just know that he has a pet monkey. <laughs> and he is very, very close with this monkey. Okay? So when you go over there, don't think it's weird, but it's like a monkey son. Okay? So it's almost, it's, it's like a member of the family. Um, but I guess, like, they kept it in a cage, right? <laughs> Like a uh, member of the family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well. The, I mean, it would be free to walk around, but it, it would it would actually abide in the cage. But this particular breed of monkey, I'm not. I should have clarified because I like to know a lot of details about about monkeys. Um, this particular monkey, I mean, monkeys are strong. You don't realize how strong they are. You know, uh, this particular monkey in the jungle. I guess it's some sort of. Uh, uh, you know, survival thing, they kill the youngest and weakest member of the family. So just like in the, in the wild, this monkey is, is actually born to hate the youngest and the weakest. 
Okay. So, so that's, that's the, you got to know that coming into the story. The girl that he's dating happens to be the youngest and smallest <laughs> person in the family as well. So you can kind of see where this is going. So the first time, <laughs> the first time my buddy goes over there, right? He, uh, his dad's like, I want to introduce you to the monkey, right? And so I, I don't know if the monkey was like kind of spooked by a new person or what, but the monkey's in a cage, right? And so, so he walks over to the cage to look at him. The monkey reaches his hand out and grabs the dad on top of the head okay? <laughs> and starts squeezing his head like a melon. All right. And the dad starts trying to play it cool, but you can tell he's in real pain. You know, he's able to like squirm out his head, but, but my buddy said it was just really, really awkward. You know, as you can imagine, meeting your girlfriend's father and have a monkey grab his head. Okay, so that was the first meeting. Um, The girlfriend came to him and said, hey, listen, I, you know, um, I had a really frightening experience with the monkey recently. And she said that she is is on her computer. Right. She's she's doing work in like an office or something. And she sees in the reflection of the monitor, the monkey standing behind her. Okay, and, re- and let me remind you, this is a monkey that wants to kill her. Like, without a doubt, it wants her dead. Okay? So, she said that she, you know, her, her instinct was to just slowly reach and she grabs... <laughs> don't, don't worry, it's not going to be too graphic of a story. She reaches over and grabs a letter opener that is sitting <laughs> on the desk. Okay? Realizing it might come down to a knife fight with a monkey. Okay? <laughs> Like she might have to literally fight for her life. So then she hears her dad's voice go, honey, don't move. The monkey is right behind you. <laughs> like there's a, there's a monkey that wants to kill you standing right behind you. Do not. So, the, so she's looking and can see the reflection of what's going on in, in the background. Okay. The monkey is so entranced by, you know, the impending kill that he, he's not paying attention to what's going on behind him. The dad takes off his belt. Okay. Wraps it around his hand and swings it and whips the monkey. In the back. <laughs> <laughs> and she said the monkey let out the loudest like monkey scream you can ever imagine. Like just like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> scream. It, he was stunned enough that she could run out of the room and the dad was able to subdue it and put it back in the cage. Oh, man. All right. Well, there's the uh, monkey story. Okay. So that'll do it for your f- questioning us feedback. I, we covered quite the gamut there. Um, and now it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Editorial question of the week. Hey. Okay. So we're thinking for this week's question of the week, uh, go over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com or oscars.biz. That's O S K A R Z dot biz <laughs> to vote. And we will announce the winners next week. Take that Oscars. <laughs> on that note we'll wrap it up many thanks to Brandon Heath for coming through you can check out his current album Leaving Eden uh, online or at bookstores nationwide um, or at brandonheath.net also remember to go back and vote for the nominees for the winners of oscars.biz as O-S-K-A-R-Z dot biz and we will announce we'll have an award show next week <laughs> okay I'm Cameron Strang I'm Teresa I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Jesse Carey. That's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week.
Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. Comic book home delivery is the worst idea ever. Do they bring it right down to your mom's basement?